So Jack, what were some of your ideas on um, Servant and all that? I don't know. I've been thinking about this maybe for the last mm, few months now. And wow, even few months. This, well, I've been pondering why? certain things, but yeah, why uh, so long? I didn't. I'm not like I didn't I'm even just know like, three months ago. Well, he just, knows. No, I'm not pondering about this particular topic. Oh, he foreknew. Like, He's prophetic. Prophetic Jack. Hashtag prophetic Jack. <laughs> Hashtag prophetic Jack. <laughs> <laughs> This is Brothers of Ash, a podcast that explores how Christian doctrine should be lived out in fellowship from a Reformed Baptist perspective. We are now at the big 2-0. Oh, oh yeah. We made it. Made it. Yep. Big 2-0. 20 sods. On, on the servants. On servant. Yep. For being a servant. Mm-hmm. Biblical manhood. Servant. <laughs> it's going to be good. Anyway. Yeah. How, uh, how are you guys doing? good just uh still plugging away busy even though uh obviously you know um still working from home but still busy i mean i've got all the kids here and you know emails and stuff are still coming through i still have to work so yeah things are good here yeah i'm really getting sick of this crap (laughs) (laughs) is you have to go to work yeah like it's it's a mixture of like work is insane and i'm tired of like having to stay six feet away from everybody uh, even though I know how important it is, it's just, it's so annoying. How do you guys um, do that at your work with all those people? How do you stay six feet from each other? You have a pole that's six feet and you just poke people It's away. like a bubble just with like sticks around them. it and you just kind of. <laughs> you need know. to have that. A- HR, before I left on uh, Saturday, um, we we made a uh, six, so we call them six feet Pete and it's a uh, orca whale. Huh. So what does that our- look like? Wow. So, I, so just they cut out a cardboard and printed a picture of an orca whale and uh, we nicknamed it Six Feet Pete. So basically the goal is to walk around with this giant or- orca whale, basically making sure that like it's just a funny thing to do, like yeah. walk between people and make sure they're six feet apart because mm. nobody's doing it. And once you measure out six feet, like you don't realize how far that distance is. Sure. So it's just a funny gag thing that we did and um so yeah, we'll see if it works because we're like, well, I don't want to say that, eh, whatever. We're like the bottom 10, uh, like we're in the bottom 10% for having uh, social distancing, like work. Like ba- basically like the entire US for Amazon is being tracked right now and we're in the bottom 10% for compliance essentially. Like, so, so you we guys need to, are failing. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're failing. And so six feet Pete is coming to rescue the day. So it'd be hilarious, but I'm just wow. sick of it. It's annoying. I, I just want to work and I want, like when I come home, I want to be able to like do whatever, you know, yeah. go out and do whatever. Mm, so yeah. yeah, it's just starting to wear on me mentally. And then they're to opening not up have, the parks though. Yeah. And then I fishing, I didn't even realize fishing wasn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> you, like what? you weren't allowed like yeah you weren't allowed to fish or oh hunt. go fishing it just yeah. sounded weird the way you asked said that yeah he chad you said like i didn't know fishing was a thing, a thing. it's like yeah it's a thing <laughs> like, it's been illegal. welcome to the northwest <laughs> an illegal thing oh gotcha. i stopped yeah. i've seen people uh kayak uh, over there by like rustin way and stuff like that so hmm. i mean i don't know it just depends but um 
It's weird that that you, you know? can go out for a jog and you can go run and do stuff outside, but you can't go and fish by your by yourself somewhere. Just, yeah, exactly. Go by, well, by yourself. I think. Well, like, what do you I have waiters all, on? You go in the middle of the water. I think it's all because of the state property thing, maybe. Mm. If it's like state forest lands or something like, if you're fishing on state forest lands, then yeah, I don't know. Uh, the fish anyway. are gonna get that COVID nineteen. Yeah, I don't know. Cats it. have gotten it. Some animals um, have gotten yeah. it more and more, and chicken teriyaki. But delicious. We got we got a uh, we got a cure coming, people. I guess there's a report out in France that if. Uh, they did like a basically like a, a sample size of people mm. to see if like people who use nicotine or like tobacco products mm-hmm. are like more susceptible to COVID. And they said the more tobacco you're using, the better chances you are of not getting COVID. So, I so it's like a trade off. It's like you could be cured, <laughs> but then you can also get cancer. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, they were they were starting to put nicotine patches on people at certain places at work, and um, yeah, so I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. I know that they were trying to. They originally, uh, I know that the tobacco, the big tobacco companies in like the Carolinas and in Virginia, were trying to come up with some sort of vaccine when we had like SARS and like H one N one with tobacco. So. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I was I was in Afghanistan when H1N1 was going around. I remember that. Wow. That weird. Yeah. Wow. Jack, do you do ago. you work from home now? Yeah. Oh, are you? You so you okay. Yep. Okay. My other computer is right over there. Oh, okay. So the uh the nook area is my work area and stuff like that. So Okay. You go to your yeah. nookie. Go to your work. Yep, my nook area. It's nice because there's two windows and I can see outside of them, so I'm not like in some I sort of dark, decrepit. You're not like I was last night in some dark room, just yeah. sitting here staring at a computer screen. <laughs> the the neighbors over here. So if you guys know my house, Byron, you might know this a little bit better mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. you rode by the other day. But the neighbor over here in this gray house, like on 36, I think that they moved all their stuff and they're gone. And I think they're wow. trying to like put that house on the market but it's like i don't know if those people are gonna sell that house because that house has a lot of work that needs to yeah. be done. i'm sure probably if, tacoma's like it seems like they're not it's notorious for flippers so i'm sure probably yeah, some flipper will get area, it jack yeah i'm pretty sure my house was a flip my house yeah, was mine was because yeah. well didn't Tim, they say your house was like a crack house or something yeah tim said that my house was like drug house and stuff like wow. that so Cooking yep. up, whipping up that mess for Jesus, claiming there it for go. Jesus. Um, now it's a tobacco trade post. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new management. Now. Um, it's where you can go and not get COVID nineteen. Go I was a. Hey, I was thinking about. There's a part in my backyard area near those three evergreens that I have. Mm. That I could probably build like some sort of small like fort, shack and then have it in which I basically have it. Uh, in which people can like go in there and I can have a lock system on it. I've seen it done up in a guy up in uh, Linden has done this. He took like an Airstream uh, RV trailer and then he put a lock on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he started to sell out memberships so people can go in this little Airstream, get all the cigars they want based on their membership and smoke in that Airstream. 
he, re- he redid that airstream and everything and so some people have said like why don't you just like build up a shack in like your backyard area and use it as like your little smoke shack and then maybe like try and make some money off of it and like sell out memberships and stock it up with cigars and stuff but your garage is almost a good spot for that because it's so separate mm. well that's yeah. well, kind of more on your property but you would probably have yeah. to have some there there has to i mean if you're going to sell and let people smoke i mean you're gonna have to get uh some kind of uh regulations business and business license and stuff like that because what the atf like they'll come over to your uh, house and be like yeah Hello. probably he can what i think that guy is able to do is it doesn't pertain to him because it's on a mobile it's mobily huh. we just so watched on netflix cars. the the uh, show that's all about waco oh the oh, davidic yeah. the davidic guys yeah yeah, yeah. dude the koresh ATF, fbi david koresh yeah, yeah david koresh that dude is crazy oh. that show was good but it was sad to like the response from the ATF and the FBI, like what they did. Yeah, that definitely was not the correct choice. No. And that, and I think that's why, why we have such a society right now where it's like more perpetually, the government is not seen as very, is seen as more as like the, just like the whole Ben Shapiro quote. The I enemy said. of the people rather than. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It will, and it, and it perpetuates conspiracy theories too, to a certain. Yeah, degree. of course. And I mean, I get it. Like, I'm more along the lines of like, I would rather have limited government than big government. Um, I would only have government if, like, in a time of crisis, like we're in right now. But then again, there is like nuance. But yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you like how people can mess that up in yeah. the federal system. So. I've been thinking about this idea of like being a servant and even like in the context of like serving the church and what does that look like? And I think people have this, um, this weird idea about, I know myself and other people talk about how, uh, within the, within the church in the United States, how there's this like man of God complex. Do you know what I mean by that? So basically, mm-hmm. um, like the pastor is like this man of God. Oh, you can touch him. Yeah. And I think that really, uh, that's not very like biblical and it doesn't really help out other people and how you serve and how you're a servant. Mm-hmm. What does that mean and look like though? Like, do they look at him like, okay, he's a pastor. He's so holier he's a man than of God. God. Like the prosperity yeah, gospel yeah. does a lot of that. Yeah. It does. Well, what and if that's and you see that a lot in their theology too. Yeah. What if someone walks in our church and they're they're like uh, their preconceived notion is that all the pastors are the men of God and like people serving are men of God? Is that more of what you're saying essentially? Like, like if you're not no. active in a church? No, I'm saying more along the lines of like pastors are holier than the people that they're serving. Which like I they're untouchables. Like they're untouchables. Yeah, which I wouldn't agree with. I would say the pastor like Elliot Ness. <laughs> yes, like Kevin Costner in that movie. <laughs> Such a going good movie. after Al Pacino, dude. dude I, I used seen to watch that movie. That movie. In a minute. I used to watch that movie all the time. I love that movie. Great soundtrack though. That little like. I don't even remember the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chasing mobsters. 
Uh, yeah, I think the man of totally rabbit hole right there, but it's funny. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a while. Um, yeah, I think the man of God complex, I see it in some cultural references too, from like other cultures that we have within our church. Like I feel like Slavic people will uphold their pastors mm. like untouchable more than maybe um, like your typical American would. Mm. And that I was just like, our pastor's like our pastor, like he, you know, in the same way, like Jesus is human, like Jesus, like was, you know, susceptible to getting sick or Jesus went to the bathroom like everybody else. So yeah, I think that, uh, but then that confounds it too, because I think a lot of people have weird ambitions and when they think about, I need to be a servant, like then they then you mix in like social media and then they just have these weird narcissistic tendencies i feel like um and that's not really being a good servant or like people will think like being a pastor means just preaching which i mm. don't think is yeah. that's part of it but that's not the majority of what you're doing uh you're doing a lot of shepherding time what would be a good me- definition or or uh a good meaning for a what we should look like, what it should look like. I don't know. Pretty plainly, a servant is someone who places someone else's needs over theirs. Yeah, I would say that. Um, well, it kind of goes into two. Um, How does that look as Christians? I think that um, when we look at just the verses that we've been going through, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, mm-hmm. that verse 7, but he em- Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I think that uh, he didn't, so like it's a, so when we're talking about like prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel would say, oh, Jesus emptied himself of divinity. And that's not true. Like Jesus was still Mm -hmm. truly God and truly man. He he emptied himself of the idea of being on the same level as God, even though he was God, Mm. because he's trying to show people what it means to be a servant. And back then a servant is, I don't think we can really grasp it. I think today a a good example of what being a servant is, is like being a good employee. So what does that look like being a good employee? Well, uh, you're listening to your supervisor, you're patient with uh, what your supervisor wants you to do. You're looking, and this is a common misconception, I think of some Christians, but looking at your contract to make sure you're fulfilling your contract versus if my contract in it uh, doesn't say get on top of tables and start preaching the gospel, I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> um, my friend and I who started out in higher education, were both like, my contract doesn't say, you know, to, to stand on top of tables and preach the gospel. It's like, I can preach the gospel in other ways to my coworkers, but I'm not going to do it in an obscene way that breaks my contract with my uh, supervisor or, you know, so I think being a servant in Jesus's day looked like that relation where you had slaves and masters. Yeah. Um, where you had that servitude. There's a more common view of servitude where you actually had a master. That master was basically giving you, you know, orders or instructions on what to do versus now I think we look at it more of the employer employee relationship. But yet again, like that goes, there's so many dynamics to being a servant. (laughs) 
I uh, think, w- yeah. like even within the context of uh, marriage, like you, you know, you it's an agreement, it's a covenant. Like it's not really like master and servant, but it's like mm-hmm. in in both ways you want to honor each other and uh, serve each other sacrificially um, to show love for each other and to support each other. So like you know, there's there's servant is servantness and that <laughs> but i yeah because you're one flesh now and you're yeah. both you're both the technically of one flesh so you're both serving one another mm-hmm. and i would say that's a picture of what the church is in jesus because um as we're the church we're one body in christ so we're serving one another and i know this the the bible used language of you know, what if my hand is incapable, you know, Paul talks about this a lot in this kind of metaphorical way, but like, what if the hand can't, you know, grasp certain things? It's not going to, we have to help out other people within the body of Christ in order that they would be strengthened. And we do that through serving them and serving them could look like different ways. It could like mm-hmm. practical needs. It could be spiritual needs. It could be yeah. walking them through scripture, um, encouraging them, Stuff like that. Yeah, to answer your question, Byron, I think I would say that um, basically, like, uh, Jesus is now our master, and we are, we're like living a life to serve him, essentially. So, like, then the Bible's our guideline, our job, essentially, you know, where, where, where you have, like, these are the things that you need to do, but it doesn't that doesn't mean like those things like save us essentially, but um, you know, Jesus did what he did and he told us, you know, our job right now is technically uh, to share him with everyone and live a life that honors him um, and, you know, create a legacy uh, built on Jesus. And so then through that, I guess you're basically a servant for Christ to everyone essentially and a very general answer to that. In today's modern day, like, mm-hmm. you know, we look at the the term servant and we're kind of all servants to our bosses and our jobs because right. it's it's the most physical and easy thing to interpret to work for. Like when you think of servant, you think of someone working for their master and, you know, in a very practical way, like I am at work, I'm working to serve, uh, you know, my bosses so that the customer gets their product uh and i want to do a good job because i want to be successful and be rewarded for my good works and so i am every day serving everybody at work so that eventually my ultimate goal is met where you know i'm 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 benefiting from that um Mm. so i think i think i think the attitude of our heart plays a huge part in that also because if we Mm -hmm. just go to work to just be a good worker and just get a paycheck or you know um, I just come home and just serve my wife because you know that's what I've got to do or serve my family I think that our our hearts can be I mean we can get that's exhausting to try to always be um, doing something out of just working really hard at something when you don't find joy I think our hearts need to find joy in doing those things mm-hmm. and go, you know what? I'm serving them to mirror Christ. I need to mirror Christ at my work to joyfully serve the people at my work that maybe are really hard bosses or really hard employees to work with, or they don't do their job or, 
you know, meet deadlines and here I am always doing it. I'm always having to pick up the slack, but going and being like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to serve them and love them through this time. And hopefully maybe they'll get together. Maybe they won't. But I think it's being like that sacrificial of just being like, at the end of the day, I might not get any kind of reward or pat on the back for my boss or um, for my wife or something, you know, instead it's like, where's my heart when I'm coming and I'm approaching these people. I think that makes, yeah, it's, yeah. I think so just being mindful of that, like we shouldn't, I shouldn't just go to work, just to work, just to be a good person. Like I should go to work to share Mm -hmm. the love of Christ and how I serve um, and doing it joyfully. I think that that changes a lot of the dynamics dynamics too, because then people see you and go, wow, you know what, where's this, what is this joy? Like we work the same job. It's super stressful, but yet this guy keeps coming into work and he's, he's joyful. I'm not saying that you always have to be happy and like, you know, skipping around the room and stuff like that, Uh but people see this, there's something different in how you're Mm -hmm. serving and they might not even see it. Oh, he's serving me. You know, because they might not have that thought process of terminology, whereas Christians, we should be thinking like, how am I serving others? You know, but to bring it to go, wow, you know what, that is different. The way he comes into work every day and gets his job done, timelines, Mm -hmm. you know, are met and everything. And he's not a problem. So I think, yeah, always checking your heart also as you go through those steps to serve others is important. Yeah, I think that's really good. Really important. Especially because I think you bring up a good point, Byron, of just like, uh, you shouldn't be a servant to like money or necessarily mm-hmm. like uh, the things mm-hmm. that, um, you know, God warns us not to be in bondage to. Yeah. But you should be ensure that you're being ensure that you know that you're a bond servant of Jesus and, you know, yeah. that uh, compassion and love is what's driving you. Uh, but I think too, like a lot of that goes into, um, kind of what Paul talks about where he talks about um, the soldier wanting to give honor to the person who, you know, enlisted him. So uh, that's what we're doing. Just shove it. What? What'd you say? (laughs) You said the soldier that like uh, enlisted him or whatever. I'm talking about ancient times, Chad, not now. My recruiter can just get out of here. Well, yeah, because (laughs) he gave you a raw deal. So, I mean, There was no deal. It was just me signing. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, no, did you guys I didn't get a total bravo? You didn't get anything? Man, no. you used to get bonuses. So like at certain periods of time, like you'd get bo- like a 20, signing like, bonus, I'm, yeah. yeah, you get a signing bonus of maybe like 10 grand, 30, 10, 20, 30. Some guys got 40, 50 grand. If you're doing a specific, if you sign, if you like reenlist or do a different job that you were doing in the army. So anyway, um, but no, like in the ancient times, that's what you were doing. You wanted to, the person, it was a little bit more, uh, it was not so much like we need numbers kind of mentality, but it was like, uh, it was more along the lines of like what we've been talking about, the servant, the servant master dynamic, mm. the guy who enlists you back then, he was kind of like your master, your overseer. And so you're trying to, to please him while in the way of how you uh, carry yourself and character and how you're kind of living your life out. So how do, how does a, a man of God, how do, how do I do that daily then in, in this time? Cause I think we've already set apart that like we're here and we're serving Jesus, our master. Mm-hmm. So what are the main things I should be focusing on? 
especially during this time. Go ahead, Byron. Um, so I think that starting with obviously the word of God, I know, I know there's, there's things that I think that when we talk about stuff, this it's like, duh, right? No, duh. But the thing is statistically, I mean, you look through things and people, what is their biggest thing? I don't have enough time to read my Bible. Yeah. You've got plenty of time now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, Like you've got plenty of time now. So like, it should always start at the word of God as Christians. How do we, how do we say that we like Jesus sustains my life, but I don't spend time in his word in order to now day in and day out when I have time to read scriptures to then live that out. And then I don't know, serve my family or serve my neighborhood around me. You know, so like, point one, I'm seeing yeah, that like literally in order to be a good servant, you first must check in with your master. So we yeah. need to check in with Jesus every yes. single day to get the daily report. <laughs> like, yeah, you must understand what Jesus says, what the law is. And the law is to love God and love your neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, And so yeah. if that's the law that we're following from our master, are we doing that? Are we loving God by reading what he tells us? Yeah is well, treasure which is his word mm-hmm. and like you said byron like right now is a great opportunity to um create like a, a habit essentially yeah absolutely you know to like start reading at a certain time and then stick to it even once we get back to to normalcy mm-hmm. but i don't know me like dude this whole time i i've been like my my time in the word uh has increased a very little bit you know it mm-hmm. still hasn't been um increased as much as it could be essentially so I think that will, if I do that, I think that it will help my kind of funk that I'm in with just being so tired of this well, stuff. Well, I think that, I think that not to like challenge you on this, but it's kind of, I think on the other hand, error thinking that, oh, if I get into this Bible study, things are going to start improving for me. You know, life's going to be really good. I'm not, you know, maybe going to be as tired or I'm going to, you know, I think that what happens with that is then that becomes, then it becomes a chore thinking like, oh, if I get up at every day at five o'clock in the morning and I get to my Bible and I get my coffee and I, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but I'm just saying in general, yeah. people can hear this and then go, Oh man, if I just get this and I get this and I do this and all my ducks are in a row and I've been reading my Bible and I've been praying and I've been journaling and, and doing all these things or whatever it may have, what that does is it becomes a chore and it's no longer a joyful thing that you now are scripture is now talking to you, it's breathing in life into you, and and then your heart is then responding to, you know, God changing your heart and transforming your mind of how you think things and view things. And which then obviously will help you, I would assume, you know, be a better leader. Be a person that can joyfully, you know, if, if it's, there is a difference between being, you know, doing something out of being duty and doing something out of um, like that chore and then doing something because you see the freedom and the enjoyment that you get from reading scripture to then go and love people in a way that it's not just, I have to do it, but I get to do it. What does it enable you to do or act like, or, or like what, what, what does it change in you? Like on a daily basis? Oh, what is it daily? Dude, it, it changes a hourly, lot. Hourly, actually. I'm going to that. You know what? No, monthly. Actually, monthly. let's, by minute by minute, as you're reading it. Minute by minute, okay. Well, uh, I don't think... <laughs> no, let's go back to weekly, actually. <laughs> well, I think that, again, when you focus on reading, when you get up and you read scripture and you make God's word the first thing that you do in the morning, it changed, for me personally, it's one of those things that it gives me encouragement for the day to go, you know what? I don't have it all together. It, it it right away shows me that I am in great need. Opening scripture shows that to me, that's like, Hey, 
you have a need and the need and that source that can that can fill that is Christ and I need to be in his word and then what it does is then I see his examples or I read the te- Old Testament and you can learn so much from the Old Testament as well um, like I've been telling the boys lately and then it's like I can see where there's fault and folly and then and it's like okay well when I come to these you know to like what we're going through through Philippians you know mm-hmm. to one through uh, what 11 it's like it's one of those things being reminded that I should, when I'm serving it, it should be from a selfless heart. Not that I'm less of a person because I'm doing it, but like I'm selfless in the sense of pursuing people because I love them. And I should do it in a way that's not grumbling. Like when my wife has me, you know, asks me like, Hey, can you build this or this garden for me? You know, it's, it's, I get to joyfully do it. So it, it, re, it puts joy back into me instead of it just being something that I'm, again, I just feel that I just have to do. I've been, I've been taking those, um, like the sermon. Uh-huh. Oh. I mean, yeah, like them gummies, man, <laughs> fighting off that Rona. Um, the meme where it's like the one Flintstone vitamin yeah. that you yeah. had like <laughs> 20 years ago, like the coronavirus. Those are funny. Um, J- J- Chad, did that answer you? I mean, yeah. Did that answer? Okay. I just want to be sure. I've been doing the, uh, um, in our little gospel life booklets, mm. I've been doing those devotionals where I look at the same passage that we went through over Sunday, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. pertaining to Jesus, love, truth, transformation, legacy. And that's actually been good because I've like looked at that passage a lot. And then it's like, it kind of like brings new dynamics to that passage. So when I kind of start out in the morning, I'll sit down and look at that passage again and then kind of write down my thoughts and then kind of chew on that passage for the rest of the day mm. from a different aspect of, of our values that we have at our church. And so that's been good. I think that's been uh, more helpful and like a little bit more, I don't know, maybe meditative in a good way, in a redeeming way versus like I'm meditating to like get some sort of like higher peace or some Zen stuff. But yeah. To make rocks for that and ointment. <laughs> the cairns of the world thank you (laughs) get your essential oils boys (laughs) awesome what about you chad like do you like what kind of effects do you because you said that you know you don't feel like your um your maybe reading of scripture hasn't really changed too much how does how has that maybe been something that you've seen how it has maybe affected your attitude or your day in day out responses to you know life you know, you're, you're growing up in, uh, I don't know if you guys had this, but like your parents are always talking about how you're going to turn into, you're going to act like who you hang out with and, mm-hmm. um, you're going to, you're going to act like the things that you do and whatever, right? Like er- everything you do and what you surround yourself, uh, defines and basically is what you end up doing. And so, you know, if you read a lot of, uh, Bible, um, you know, you're going to start acting like Jesus more, you know? So it's like, you know, what you surround yourself is going to change like how you act. But basically in that example, like, um, the more you surround yourself with someone, the more you're going to act like them. So yes, to your response, like, you know, the more time you spend with Jesus, like it's going to shape your attitude to be more like the word of God essentially. Um, and so, you know, even like not even just your attitude though, like your whole demeanor and your um, 
happiness level or hope level. Like, like for me right now, like I'm just like in this moment of, uh, you know, we're still in this whole thing where everything's still shut down and there's not a lot going on and, um, people are getting really sick and tired of it. And I've been hearing that a lot. And so when, when that's been surrounded, like, like when that's surrounding my thought process and people are just like complaining about how bad it is, um, and how annoying it is and how long it could go, you know, you start to just think about that and that, 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 that shapes your, uh, your worldview and your attitude and your feelings and when you're not reinforcing that with um, truth, love, and hope, uh, you know, then you just start to like, like, yeah, this does suck and blah, blah, blah. You, you don't become that, um, that megaphone for uh, positivity and um, hope and, uh, you know, a good attitude. And, you know, because like when someone is like really pushing other people to continue the fight and have hope and, have fun, even though, you know, you're stuck at your house, like, you know, Byron, what you did for your kids and setting up the the batting cage thing, essentially, like that is going to help them out for the next like three days, <laughs> probably longer, hopefully, but uh, it better um, be a lot longer than three days. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. But just doing things like that just reinvigorates people. Right. And yeah. so in the same way, our, our heart, mind, and soul is reinvigorated when we spend time with God, because it, it's, it's not even just, you know, letters and paper, like that yeah. is a living thing. Like those are God's words, you know, um, and they're very powerful. They're, they're, they're the very words that created this whole world. And so, um, you, I don't know, you just got to think about it from that mind frame. Um, so like, I forget what your question was to me. <laughs> no, was- I, I think that was good. I think that was all just in the sense that, I mean, you said that, you know, since it's living, you know, it's, it's not just like, you know, like the batting cage I set up, it's not just a three day fix, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a lifetime you know, that we get to enjoy God's word. It's a, it's a lifetime that we get to constantly be transformed and, and made in his image. Um, so yeah, that's a, no, that was good. That was good. It's literally the only book on this earth that has power, right? Yeah. Like, like literally you think of, uh, I was just watching, um, a new movie, uh, where their they like their, their dad was like a wizard, but their dad died. Yeah. And they, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Onward onward and, and he's not a wizard he was an accountant <laughs> it kind of stupid that's what it but says that was what a wizard though dad like, was a wizard and the mom's like no he was an accountant oh gosh <laughs> but in this other world whatever <laughs> anyways get it like, right it it's just funny you kind of got to think of the word of god like that like it's this really cool thing that is actually real and mm-hmm. um like the power of god is within that and you can like it will change your life for eternity. Yes, the, the Bible day. is God's word that can penetrate. I think I think the greatest thing too is that um the Bible has just the right it has the uh, what you're saying Chad about the it has it's the only power it's the only book that has like really power mm-hmm. over us. And even it says that too, like uh you know, God's word is like a sword, it penetrates bone and marrow and joint. It does it does that in a spiritual sense because there's been times where I've been reading and I'm like, Oh, yep. Guilty. Um, but then there's other times where it's like this very soothing balm 
where it does like uh it's very refreshing or it's very healing so it's not always like you right, suck right but sometimes it's like it does i mean obviously the bible does say you know humanity is sucky sinful yeah. and is always good yeah and does suck but for those of us who have been redeemed by jesus it's uh it gives us hope and it's a uh, it's that soothing balm like i said and it's and the and scripture is um refreshing to us like a nice course light on a saturday afternoon after you're mowing the lawn i like to think of the bible as a <laughs> mm. <laughs> i like to think of the bible as a nice little on palmer <laughs> with uh, some ice in it i'm golfing outside and uh, i'm really hot and nasty golf and it's gonna come back look at that thing golf is gonna come back what they're gonna reopen golf. by the way do you golf guys wear polos because every time I think of golf, I always think of the polo uh, shirts. I used I to wear, wear polos, polos in my last job. Okay. That was like the most casual. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's annoying. Right. Okay. But I now I get to wear so t-shirts. I can wear whatever I want. It's awesome. Nice. Dudes show up and sweat. So if golf is coming back. So if golf can come back, then technically we can social distance and meet up for golf. I'm even though gonna play. And you can play. Sure. And you can smoke cigars. We can do it and drive around those fancy Dude, carts. I'm, we need to do this. I've never golfed. The next episode, we should do while golfing. Hey, I've never golfed. That'd be nuts. <laughs> Mobile episode on a yeah. golf course. It's like, so what I was saying. Oh, <laughs> oh, and just break the, go all happy Gilmore yeah. on the golf course. So, you know, start punching your um so so we're talking about the word of god being living right it how it transforms our life it 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 encourages us to to obviously live differently think differently and be different then why do you think that so many people in the church don't serve i think part of it is uh it's a misconception they had growing up like to serve means that it is a job it's this duty obligation that I have to do that I have to continuously do. And they're like, uh, I don't know. I think we're all prone to like, if somebody gives us like a standard, it's like, uh, let's just, you know, let's just maybe meet the standard, not exceed Mm. it or something like that. And I think then when we say, Hey, like, you know, or when, you know, we've done this in the past at, you know, our local church where it's like, Hey, we really need people to serve in the, in these ways. Um, I feel like it's kind of like you're asking a lot from us or yeah. something like that. But yet again, like our culture too is so consumeristic. Like, what am I getting yeah. out of this? I think it's literally versus ahead, something else. Yeah. Versus something else where it's like, oh, I get joy actually mm-hmm. out of serving, you know, and I actually get to like, there's practical discipleship that happens yeah. in serving. You know, I get to catch up with people and we get to talk about what's been going on in their life. And if people see it in a more, I think, communal way, instead of like, you need Mm. to serve, I think it would be, I think people would start to understand how it benefits the local church and how it benefits each one of us. It's almost like, but it should be pitched more like, uh, well, not like pitched, I guess, but kind of what I'm thinking is that because the, from my perspective, what I see is that, you know, there's a a majority of every single person that goes to a church, uh, you know, I would say 60 to 70% of the people that go to the church assume that, um, 
that people are serving and that's why it's working and that's why it's mm-hmm. open is that people are serving. So I don't need to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They talk about asking for more people to serve, but someone will answer that, right? Like it, it's, it's taken care of. And if nobody, if nobody, you know, serves then, well, we're paying these people to, to do the work. And so, so now it's their job. Yeah, exactly. And so then it, you know, just like Jack was saying, it's very consumeristic. And I think that's a big part of uh, our country. Um, but, so how does a church how does a church change that kind of culture? I mean, uh, you I know, think, where does that start I, from? How does that how does that Here's the thing like from the top down, yeah. baby, to a certain degree. I mean, it's like you know, if um if my pastor is only doing certain things in these certain areas or I think I think one way is from the top down, but then I think another way is from the bottom up too. If you're seeing people serving, it's all like, hmm, okay, you're going to be more interested. And then, but also if you see your pastors who like mm-hmm. Tim Chavira, he likes, he like, he actually images serving because he has his sons with him. Like he had his sons like right. every single yeah, Sunday yeah. that I've seen where he's like showing them, it's like, this is how we serve. And he's, you know, walking around and they're greeting people and, I think so many people think like serving is like this huge, you know, task of, I don't know, it's this huge mountain to climb when it's really not, it's, you're doing something to either welcome people into the church, make them feel part of a family or welcomed and affirmed on who they are and just made in the image Mm -hmm. of God and then start telling them the truth. And that truth will hurt sometimes too. Um, And then just keep, doing that and it's a practical way of loving people but um yeah i mean i think the biggest thing that's needed is 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 people like if you don't serve all the time maybe just serve for a season to give somebody a break or give relief mm-hmm. like maybe the people that serve all the time don't actually get a break but like but like by you serving for you know a little bit like it it, it basically helps those people that are there every single week out a little bit like I feel like serving should be almost uh, like like physically out of church. It should be um, maybe b- like per per season. Like you you serve for a couple of months and then you stop. Like if you're not serving at all, essentially. Like I just wish that everybody would contribute more, so it wasn't as big of a burden. Do you think burnout? I don't. Know, I think I came to the conclusion that sometimes burnout can be one of those people get burnt out in the church that are constantly serving. Sometimes also because you know it's see a need. You know, you're like, okay, well, I'm already a leader in the ministry, right? And then someone's like, and they're like, hey, we kind of need help in here. Would you mind helping? And people are like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. You know, and then they're like, mm-hmm. well, we really need help in this area too. And then people are like, well, no one else is stepping up. So I'm going to do yeah. it instead of, instead of them being able to just step back and go to be able to say no. I think that, it, I think it's mm-hmm. important that churches, mm-hmm. um, when we say that we're a family, when we see that people are struggling to be able to look at them and go, wow, you've got a lot on your plate. I'm going to, I'm not going to come to you and ask you, cause I know you're going to do it, but we also need to kind of give responsibility to other people. Cause I know you're going to say yes, but you're going to, you're just going to burn out. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's yeah. like cultivating that kind of culture to be able to say, it's okay to say no right now, um, you know, and take that break. But then it's also important, like you guys said that, or um, Jack, you said um, that that community aspect to look and go, how am I individually helping the body and seeing these people day in and day out? And it's not just the children's ministry, even though that is a huge need 
at our church, but it's like, you know, just anywhere in the church looking, and it's not just our church, people that are listening to this can look around their church and go, where's there a need? And man, they've, those people have been faithfully serving in that area for a long time and they need help. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that maybe I can step up and like you said, Chad, just, you know, give them a break or at least come side them and help them. So it feels like more of a break and they can catch their breath in those, in those moments. So like you said, Jack, I think it does start from the top where they, you know, they leadership needs to be able to see those people that are working constantly and not just rely on those people. And I think it's also starts from the bottom that individually, like we need to be able to also say, Hey, I'm feeling burnt out or Hey, um, I need help or no, I'm not going to do that. Or yeah, I do. You know, I've, I serve once a month. Maybe I can step up and serve twice a month and just kind of alleviate that, that, that stress. Do you guys have, um, specific things that you maybe do like Chad or Byron you do in a certain time or like season versus maybe what Sarah and Janelle do in like serving like do you run the do you do the finances and then you say like hey I'm burdened by this can you take them this mm, and I can trade I got you. you do you guys do something along those lines kind of stays the same um, Janelle does everything yeah, my wife's pretty awesome. She does everything. No, no, um, I. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point I think here. That like every once in a while, you know, we'll help out by doing something extra. Essentially, like, uh, should we need? Should we make that more often? Probably. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, like, I hate doing the dishes. Um, laundry, I haven't touched in a long time. But what mm-hmm. I will do is like, if she's folded them, then I'll like maybe put some of it away. I hate laundry, dude. But, but yeah, just helping out randomly around the house is good. Um, a lot of times she'll she'll set the trash out like outside to help me, or she'll she'll take the bins out. That's, that's not helping you. That's just saying, hey, lazy, go take this garbage out that I've been asking you to take out for the last yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like setting the bins out in the street, or yeah. just you know, there's things that I do that she'll do for me, hmm. uh, which is really cool. Uh, but like from a finances standpoint, like I, I always do all the finances. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's like just rant. I don't know. I'm it, just saying I'm, I'm making, much. yeah, I'm making that a point to say, um, that should be kind of our, our posture too within the church. If I see my brothers and sisters struggling, yeah. hey, how can I, how can I help that? Especially what Byron says about burnout. How can I help mm-hmm. them? And maybe like there be a, uh, you know, a way of me helping them out or. Yeah. Sarah yeah, and I talked, you know. talk, like, it's funny that we we're talking about this again, but uh, Sarah and I were talking about how, you know, you've got like church attitude and then you've got home attitude or your church love and, and uh, home love. Like you tell your kids like here, you, you know, just headbutt your kids and wrestle with them and just like yelling at them. And then you get to church. You're like, Oh, my little angels, let me be patient with you and talk to you and love you, you know? And then you can talk about serving at church and you can do all these things and you're at home and you're like, well, I'm just going to sit down and do nothing all the time. Uh Right. And it's like, it is one of those things that I know that I can be more, I can lean more towards the side of just kind of being served. You know I mean? If I can be real, um, not in everything. I mean, there, uh, there's obviously a lot of things I do in the house that serve my family as well. Um, but it is interesting that when you step back a little bit and you ask like that question, like for instance, this, you know, us being at our house and stuff, really seeing what Sarah does day in and day out with the kids through school, homeschooling, you know, 
Um, and since I'm usually in the office and she gets to work from home, it's interesting because then she's like, hey, can you help them listen to them read? And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, man, I got to do this like email. And it's like, but that's not serving her. That's not loving her through that. So she doesn't, you know, she wants to enjoy homeschooling. You know, she wants to enjoy homeschooling our children. And, you know, and me taking the kids outside to go, you know, let her have a break and stuff is really important too. That's why I put up the batting cage or have the kids mm-hmm. jump on the trampoline, you know, um, you know, cause she, you know, mama needs a break too. Yeah. And you're trying to get daddy and mommy that money that your yeah. kids are going to be making. In that's, MLB. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just want one box seat. That's it. Dude. That's you are so us, box seat, us, us three will be riding high. We'll Dude. be riding high. We're gonna be riding. Well, yeah, with your like with your crazy. oldest son who looks like a freaking manimal at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> almost six animal. four, so he's he's got a That's good shot. Nuts. Rivers coming up right behind him. So I mean, I have high high hopes. But my ultimately, I mean, but I mean, all joke aside, like sometimes that's one of those things. I got to be careful about that too. That I don't make baseball an idol, and I don't let my boys or put too much pressure find their on their hope. Them. Yeah, that pressure, that hope in baseball. Also, that at the end of the day. It is to you know their life is to be grateful to God that He's given the you know capability of you know playing those games and and then mm-hmm. also you know put God first you know because at the end of the day they might not even play baseball another day who knows with this thing so did you guys uh, listen to that sermon by Matt Chandler on I think he was talking about serving mm. and being a servant but he put it in the context of like married life. You guys Mm-mm. heard that before? Mm-mm. He's Mm-mm. basically talking about like how so much of like maybe like some some uh, the men of the church always are perpetuated as their wives have to serve them versus uh, Chandler was talking about uh, basically it's like okay I know that I've been at work all day I've been working on sermon or doing this and that it's like the first thing I do I sit or I, when I when I pull up to my house I sit inside the car for about ten minutes. And then pray. And then when I go inside my house, I'm going straight to my wife and asking her, like, how can I serve her? How can I love her? Mm. And then I'm and then I'm taking care of the kids and I'm doing all these other things. I don't know. I think that that's been a huge impact on me versus what I've seen in a lot of, I mean, obviously, I, I'm from the same perspective of, as Byron of not growing up in a Christian household. So I see it more along the lines of like, my mom was like doing all the things in the house and my dad would like work and then come home and then like he would just veg versus I don't think that's very complimentarian of us. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and so, yeah, basically hopefully when I get married one day, how, how am I going to serve my wife in that way versus trying to burden her with my laziness? What was that? Oh, I just did 2021. You said maybe you get married. Just saying. Yeah, twenty COVID round wash. two. Twenty twenty is a wash right now. So. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's, it's done. Didn't mean to divert that, but yeah, I mean that is a, that is good. I mean, thing to remember, you know, even because obviously I don't have to leave my house. You know, things like that. Like, how can I serve my being intentional? Now I, it's like now being more intentional at home because now I just wake up and my work is right here in my house. I don't have to leave. So now how can I be intentional throughout the day, serving, loving, not only her, but the kids too, you know, um, you know, like they say, happy wife, happy life. I mean, yeah, that that's true. So how do you, how do you, um, for instance, even just the question of how do you serve people that are hard to serve? Uh, you guys personally, like, you know, personally. 
it's all sacrifice dude like i mean my neighbor is a great example uh the dude can talk and talk and talk and talk and i just like it's so hard for me to like listen and i try to not be like yeah 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 but mm-hmm. like i i try to like add in like some of my own thoughts or or whatever but um like he's even difficult because like when i talk like he'll talk over me and like continue what he was saying so like the whole conversation is really hard but like it's just been um jack you like lost in the sauce right now what's going on no i just lit some leftover cigar and it's like doing this weird little smoke thing he was thinking about what's going on right now yeah, he was thinking about when you said that he that the neighbor overtalks you, and he's just realizing like, wait, isn't that what Chad does on the podcast? Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. You always say that that's hilarious, and then you're that's like, hilarious, and then you and stop laughing, quiet. and then he's quiet. He does nothing after that. I literally lol inside. It's my coping mechanism for when I get called out. That's hilarious. No, but. I don't know because I'm invested in my neighbor. Like there's been several opportunities to serve him by sharing something that he's not really interested in, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that being Jesus. So, um, although he did let me pray for him that one time. Um, but yeah, just being there to listen, especially when he goes through tough times, which is right now, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, just being willing to sacrifice being uncomfortable, um, for, the betterment of others you know yeah it's kind of difficult too because in one in one sense of your mind you're like oh my gosh well this i know this guy's gonna come he may not be my quote-unquote favorite person to interact with but then it's like okay well how are you uh, humbling yourself and not looking mm. at yourself like these people need to serve you or yeah mm. it's uh it's somewhat difficult. I mean, I think we're always going to have that problem with certain personalities or certain people, but it's like, hmm, how can I just listen? How can I just be present with them and listen and show that I actually care versus like trying to fake the funk, you know? Um which is like you're you're faking the fact that you're like, oh, I'm serving you or I care about you and you really don't. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's tough sometimes, uh, especially within the church, I think. But then you have to realize that like you're as you're, I think Spurgeon said, like if you think someone's vile, like you're, you're 10 times worse than they are or something along those lines. So hmm. I think you have to really like humble yourself in that way too, of like knowing that it's like some people don't like you. How do you feel about that? It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think just maybe like doing what Jesus always does, like turning the question on yourself or turning that Mm -hmm. angst that you have towards another person and then refocusing on yourself. It's like, Hey, it's like, what are you doing? Or just like, I don't know, like a self examination in that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's that's some things, but I mean, and then doing the best that you can to serve them. So it's like, can. so it's like being sacrificial in your way of serving them through just being with them and maybe listening, sacrificing, you know, your, your time, I guess your energy when you don't want to listen to somebody or maybe it's the same person that's constantly coming up with the same problem year in and year out mm-hmm. and like just being patient and 
being that ear and being able to speak that wisdom into their life instead of just like, okay, just blowing you off. Yeah. I think mm. the biggest thing is just being steadfast with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've dealt with people who are, who have gone through a similar sort of habitual sin habit and then time after, and then you'll just, it's like, Hey, have you thought about this? No. And so mm. I don't know, just like, I mean, you, you have to be steadfast with people and, um, especially if you're in the church, cause you're going to be in heaven forever. Um, so yeah, there's just, well, I, as, as I was thinking about that, that I was also thinking of just like Jesus serving, you know, at the, when he's in the up, um, not the upper room, when he's, uh, serving his disciples and they're doing communion and, um, and right before he's betrayed, he's serving his disciples by washing their feet. And he's even doing it to a guy that's going to betray him. And he knows it, you know, and he's willing to still serve him, you know, which is wild to me. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. and like, I think like you said, Jack, just being able to step out and be, and think about my need for Christ and, you know, how easy he could just go, nah, I don't want to serve that guy. Yeah. Even look at like Jesus when he's like trying to explain (laughs) to the disciples and he's just like, I can just see Jesus like face palming every single time. Cause they're like, what Lord, what the, what's this? (laughs) And he's just like, Oh, (laughs) like (laughs) face palming every single time. But then it's like, but yet again, like look at how steadfast and resilient Christ is to keep pursuing those men keep pursuing Mm -hmm. his people over and over again even when they're just so stubborn or hard-headed or hard-hearted and yeah well i mean even when he's on the cross he's saying you know father forgive them for they know not what they do Mm -hmm. i mean just praying for those people that that have betrayed him also you know it's it's amazing it's encouraging to know that if he's able to die on the cross that then there's no reason for us or me especially to not forgive others and and again forgiveness doesn't mean you have to hang out and be around them um but definitely being able to forgive them and hope that they repent of their ways also and uh will come to christ you know instead of just having a hard heart towards them because that's that's easy to do too yeah, I thought that was a fun episode. I think that um, there's a lot to take away from this. Um, you know, there's a lot within being a servant and then you add into it like how much you have to be like Christ to be a good servant. But luckily there's a lot of grace for us um, and we don't have to, you know, worry about being perfect because Jesus is already perfect. So just want to encourage you guys that um, being a servant uh, is hard work. Um, you know, there's always, there's not a lot of uh, things that you get out of serving someone um, right now, but in the end for eternity, God is going to bless us forever. So Mm. uh, keep up the good fight. Uh, Keep serving others. We hope this is encouraging for you. Uh, We hope that, um, that you can use this to share with others so that they can learn how to uh, serve like Christ and, maybe learn uh, what not to do because we're not perfect and we don't know exactly what to say all the times. Um, But we enjoy um, hanging out with you, the listener. Um, It's always fun to hear from a few of you uh, what what you enjoy from this podcast. And um, we just enjoy doing it because we get to hang out together. But we also get to like 
um, you know, share things with you and get to see the fruit from that. So um, go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram. We are at Brothers of Ash. Uh, that's our whatever you would call that thingamajigger. Um, tag. You can also name. name yeah, tag. that's our username. Username. There you go. Yeah, and and the password is. Um, <laughs> what Jack? What's your social security number again? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Five 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 five. One. One. Yeah. No, that's good. And then um, you can also uh, leave us a review on uh, Apple iTunes. We much appreciate that. So again, five stars are really you. good. We appreciate yeah, it's those. all right. Four and a half just for uh, <laughs> just for fun though, right? Yeah. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> just for funsies. <laughs> all right. Blake, would you do the honors and saying bye to everybody? Blake. Thanks for listening to that He just woke up so he can barely talk. <laughs> he sounds like an Blake. old cracked out grandma dude. Thanks for listening to Brothers of Ash. I've never smoked a day in my life. Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> Please wash your hands. That's Say, perfect. wash your hands, you sinners. <laughs> you don't call me that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Sounds like the Dutchers aren't uh, confronting well, their boys well, on sin. Well, man, have to get a little don't call Bible me. in there. <laughs> All right, so, cool. All right, guys. Peace.